Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast that explores the feminine genius. Today's letter is a letter to the woman desiring fuller feminine friendships. Friendships between women are often stereotyped as being catty, vicious, and full of gossip and backstabbing. But as women who live out the feminine genius, we're called to authentic friendships with the women in our lives. So I hope today's podcast encourages you on your journey to finding authentic feminine friendships and growing closer to Christ through the women in your lives. Today, we're welcoming to the podcast, Katrina, who I actually found out about you before I even met you, which always sounds like super creepy, but (laughs) (laughs) we moved up to the Kansas City area in January. And I just, I remember like when that reality of like, oh crap, like all my friends are in different cities and I, I know people in Kansas City, but I don't know people in Kansas City. And, um, I had asked some of my friends who were up here, like, okay, where do I get plugged into a community of women? Cause I know that's what I'm going to need. Cause that's what I'm going to miss the most. And, and what has helped me in my faith journey. And they're like, Oh, you need to talk to Katrina. It's like, she's, she'll get you set you up. And, <laughs> yeah. and you did. And so you totally did. <laughs> so, oh, so man, my reputation proceeds in, in a very good way, in the best possible way. <laughs> <laughs> So welcome. Oh well, yeah, I'm glad we could connect. Yes, this was great. So yeah, the, so to begin with, yeah, thank you for all the things that you've done with the City on a Hill group because yeah, I got into a sisterhood group right away and have made some amazingly great, great heart-to-heart friends. So thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I love it. Cool beans. So just we'll just jump right into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman um, and your experience with feminine friendships and the work that you do with the sisterhood groups here in Kansas City? Absolutely. So I was actually, I think we were kind of talking earlier. I was so excited when you approached me with this topic because my story is one of kind of discovering the importance of feminine friendships Mm -hmm. and like the beauty and the gift of them more recently in my life. Nice. Um, So I grew up in a Catholic family, went to Catholic school. Um, You know, my, all of my extended family was Catholic and went to, you know, involved with my student center in college, but it was really after college that I think I had my first experience with like true Christ-centered like friendship mm-hmm. um, and when I was and I really I learned a lot and it was it was a big growing experience and so I'm really excited to kind of talk about um, some of the obstacles that we see or that we perceive yeah because I feel like I have a very recent um, and very real perspective on that that's awesome um, and so yeah so I think I've grown a lot in the last few years um, particularly since moving to Kansas City. So I moved and I got plugged in with a sisterhood group right away mm-hmm. and loved it. A few months after I was in my first group, one of the girls from my group moved into the house that I was renting. Oh, nice. And we were roommate. And I remember talking to Sarah and she was coordinating the sisterhood groups at the time. And I don't really know what happened with our conversation, but all of a sudden I was agreeing to lead my own group the next year. <laughs> and so I started leading a group and it was just kind of one of those things that God kept putting this on my heart that um, this was really important. Mm-hmm. And this is something that, like I said, is really has been interesting to me, but women's ministry in general mm-hmm. um, is not something I ever expected to see myself in. Um, and I just, I love it. It's beautiful. And our sisterhood groups right now in Kansas City are exploding. And mm-hmm. I think it just speaks to the truth of like what our hearts are after and how be, like awesome these groups are yes just I mean we hardly advertise and we're just like bursting at the seams and it's so fun to see um and it's so fun to hear people's stories of strong friendships that they're developing and mm-hmm. ways that they're helping one another grow mm-hmm. in faith and just as people and particularly as young adults we're kind of just discovering 
how do you live life? Yes, seriously though, especially <laughs> after know, college. I mean, yeah. From the most basic things of adulthood <laughs> to actual, you know, like growing deep in your faith and yes. learning what a relationship with God looks like. That's so neat. Yeah, especially after college too, because I feel like, at least for me, my friendships in college were super convenient. Like we all had like that um, transcendental mm-hmm. third of like college, like we went to the same college or we went to the same campus center. And then when we moved up to Kansas City, it was like, we're from Kansas and Missouri. Um, yay. Like that's what unites us. And we're Catholic. But it was really like neat to see how sisterhood has like made that or made those connections possible. So that's so neat. Mm-hmm. Going into the feminine friendships, um, how especially, well, especially after college, um, how do we go about building feminine friendships and how do we get past just the like, oh, how's the weather <laughs> conversations, <laughs> which oh, we just had <laughs> in a great way <laughs> before this podcast started. Um, but we've had been great weather. So um, to like, how's your soul? Like, how do you get past that point or like get past those small talk conversations and into like the soul level conversations that we're yearning for? Yeah. So one thing, and this is like the answer that I hate the most. Mm-hmm. One thing we have to do is we have to be patient. Like yes. we have to give it time. You can't expect to meet someone and that night to learn like their deepest fears mm-hmm. and desires and hopes for the world right. and their, you know, biggest struggles. And you know, like, it just, that's not how it's supposed to be. Yep. If you think about it and I have a feeling I'm going to reference dating a lot more in this podcast than I want to. <laughs> that's totally fine. It's, <laughs> as I was thinking about this, I'm like, it's so true. You don't go on a first date expecting to ask like super deep personal questions about someone yep um you just want to get to know them and you you have to build trust like trust doesn't happen overnight nope um and yeah there's like leaps of faith and leaps of trust that we take in being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and just kind of opening up to people but that doesn't have to happen right away yeah so i think being patient and giving it time and i do think another thing that we just want friendships to happen but they do take a little bit of work Mm -hmm. you have to be kind of intentional with making sure that you're spending time with people who you want to get to know better yep um and then also being intentional with that conversation because sometimes you have to be the one that pushes it a little bit further yes and i've one thing that i've learned is that hardly ever have i asked someone a question and they've not been willing to answer it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, um and i learned that because usually people would say can I ask you a question or this might be too personal. And I would always tell them if I don't want to answer it, I won't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You can ask me whatever you want. If I don't want to answer it, I won't. And so I learned that if I just start asking people questions, if they don't want to answer it, they won't. But a lot of times they will. And they'll be touched that you cared enough to know because for the most part, people don't want to know super personal things about you just for for the heck of it or for something of their own personal gain. Yeah. Right. It's, it, it rarely, I can't even really think of an instance in which it would benefit someone else to know something super personal about you and let, you know, unless they were just super malicious and wanting yeah. to slander your name somehow. But I just don't know that many people who have that kind of heart. Yeah. No, <laughs> just, I like a baseline of humanity. Right. Exactly. And <laughs> so, like, that's just, it takes a lot of effort to do that. And yep. so, yep. Um, yeah, I just think being patient, giving it time, but also being intentional with it Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. I like, Um, I really liked how you compared it to dating. I read an article on Verily magazine. Oh, my senior year of college, I think that said like making friends is a lot like dating and you wouldn't guess it. But then when like I dug into the article, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're right. Like you do have to put in a lot of time and groundwork in the beginning. You do have to like be a little bit vulnerable, um, and build trust and things like that. So that's just what I like that comparison a lot, actually. 
Yeah, it's, it's really good. real. I I don't I don't love it, but I do. Yeah, like, yep. Yeah, and I'm like I hate that I'm making this comparison. Um, I think one other thing I will say is mm-hmm. that authenticity and vulnerability is that they're both skills mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. be learned. Yes. And so I think practice makes perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just sometimes you have to just know yourself and know what you kind of hide away from and what you're more likely to do, and you just have to push yourself and even like set goals for yourself sometimes in those areas. Yeah, that's a really good point. I'm a little bit more like that setting goals thing. Like there's a city on a hill event Tuesdays at the Boulevard where I'm I'm an introvert like too. Mm -hmm. And so when I go to those events, it's like, all right, like I know that I can enter into these and not know myself and just be angry at myself in the end because I wasn't as extrovert as I think I should be. Or, (laughs) Or like I can know myself and like, all right, like this is how I... This is how I make friends and, and set goals where it's like, I'm going to meet one person and I want to meet them intentionally. And I don't want to yeah. just like use that as a number. Like I met seven people. It was so great. Right. But just to be able to meet one one person and then just sit down and have like a good authentic conversation. Mm-hmm. And those were like being able to, to like to know your personality for those things too. Yeah. And those conversations and those meetings of people are so important and our, our culture does not encourage them. No. Right. We encourage you should meet 10 new people tonight, mm-hmm. not you should meet one person and encounter them mm-hmm. um, and like let them be seen. Yes. I so that I, that's beautiful. I yeah. That. I love that encounter for sure. Cause that just changes and shifts just how you approach it. If it's a, an encounter versus just, you know, a meeting or just a quick introduction for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Kind of tagging back into what you're talking about, about authenticity, how, okay, I'm bad at this too. And I, I don't know if this is... <laughs> I don't know if this is a woman problem or if this is a human condition, more than likely a little bit of both, but um, it's easy to put up a mask, in, especially at the beginning of a friendship, where you want to, you know, I'm going to put my best foot forward, and it ends up being like this mask of perfection, and I went through college the whole time being like, oh, I'm okay, like, there's nothing wrong with me, I don't struggle with anything, and then I finally, like, opened up to somebody during my junior year, and they were like, oh my gosh, I had no idea you struggled with anything, like, there's there was mm-hmm. never an assumption that you didn't have it all together, so how do we, especially as women, avoid putting up those masks of perfection? and in a friendship and be authentic yeah great question (laughs) if you figure it out let me know seriously Um, yeah I think so when I was thinking about this question I thought of a couple things one is that there's we need to put a strong emphasis on owning our personal identity Mm. right I think a lot of times we put up masks because we're uncomfortable with who we are and what we struggle with and we need to come back to I am a child of God like as women, we are daughters mm-hmm. of the king, and yep. nobody can take that away from you, mm-hmm. whether they choose to be your friend or not. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times these masks come from a fear of rejection, Yep, a fear of if this person knows that I'm not perfect, they won't want to be my friend. Yep. And what I discovered is that when people think you're perfect, they're intimidated by you, Exactly. and they don't want to be your friend. Mm-hmm. And if they know that you struggle with things, you have more of those like, oh, me too moments. Mm-hmm. Right? C.S. Lewis says, a yes. friendship is born. At that time when someone says, you too, like I had, I thought I was the only one. Yep. And I, I think I've had that experience more often with what I would consider like negative traits or ex- negative experiences in my life versus positive ones. Yeah. Right. I'm going to bond more over, I don't know. I don't think, I can't think of an example, but like more of a personal experience than, oh, you love softball too. I'm like, yeah, that's great. A lot of people love softball. Yeah. <laughs> but if I find out someone else also struggles being authentic in friendships, mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm going to feel I'm going to feel known and understood yes. in a whole different way. 
Yeah. Um, and then I also think, like, what's the point of friendship if these people can't help you with what you're struggling with? Exactly. You know, one of the most beautiful things of having friends is that they can support you and encourage you and remind you of who you actually are. That's so um, true. And, they, and remind you of the gifts that you have. And they can't do that if you don't let them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's hard to let people in. Right. But that's, I mean, you get out what you put in, right? Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes the more things that you, the more risk you have, um, sometimes the more return you're going to get. I think the the phrase that has been coming up through this entire series of podcasts has just been like, vulnerability encourages intentionality so that when you open up your heart and you say, look, like this is what's going on in my life. I do not have it all together. The more than likely someone who, if you're trusting them and you've built that relationship will be like, oh my gosh, yeah, me too. Like, and, Mm -hmm. and opening up like being that first person to be like, here's my heart is encouraging them to reciprocate and open up to you too. Like, it's not like they're going to be like, oh, okay. Like I have it all together over on this end. So I don't know Mm -hmm. what that's like. Like everyone Mm -hmm. is messed up somehow. Yeah, for sure. And I think really you have to lead by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole treat others the way you want them to treat you yep. comes into play here as well. Like if you want someone else to open up to you, you should open up to them first. Exactly. Um, and I think letting things naturally unfold is helpful. So start with a small piece of sharing. Mm-hmm. Right? Share something that is personal, but maybe not your most deepest, darkest secret. Yes. And, and then once you experience how that person responds to that, like that's how you build trust and that's how you learn that this is someone who isn't going to judge you and like this is someone who you can connect with. Like I think we all of a sudden think that if we're going to connect on a deep level, we're either at the surface or at the bottom of the cup. Mm-hmm. And we forget that there's like these layers, yep. right? And it's okay yep. to take it layer by layer. Um, and there are sometimes when you are going to go five layers deep with somebody in a night, mm-hmm. but it just not to expect that and to not I want that to be your norm, I guess. Yeah, that's a good one. It's just like that the gospel where it talks about like with those who are entrusted with small things, mm-hmm. greater things will be trusted yeah. from them. Where yes, it's not like here, you know, here's this huge thing of things that I want to be trusted trust you entrust you with, where it's like here's a small thing and it builds up and continues to get larger as you're able to open up and trust them too. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think like keeping that in mind makes vulnerability so much more possible. Like it's not like, oh, you know, bear your soul to this person. It's like, nope, just this little piece. Like and then mm-hmm. open up and that's just makes it so much easier to more attainable accessible absolutely and i also think that question of what do i have to lose Mm -hmm. is always an important one yeah you know like what do i have to lose by sharing this piece of information yep and a lot of times it's like well this person isn't going to think i'm perfect anymore Mm -hmm. but i've actually been in a place where i created such a like solid mask right Mm -hmm. just like hid all of my authentic personality Mm -hmm. from people and then i would get frustrated because i felt like they didn't know who i was Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right? Same. And I would, yep. would think all these great things. And then I would just think, yeah, but you don't actually know me. And then I would be frustrated by that. And I was like recognizing this conflicting experience. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And I think how much even little things like jo- being joyful, like how much easier it is to be joyful when you're being authentic in a friendship and where you're not constantly stressed out about, like, oh, crap, they're going to know that I'm that I'm not perfect, that I'm struggling with this, that I don't have it together. And you're so worried about that facade that you're holding up that you can't even enjoy the time that you're having with them. Yeah. And there's definitely no way you're going to grow. Oh, no. Huh? Because if you're not admitting, you get to the points where sometimes you put up a mask with yourself. Yes. And you yes. forget that there are areas you need to grow in. And a lot of times we can't grow by ourselves and we need other people to help us. Exactly. Yeah. 
there is a stereotype about friendships between women. And I've heard this from guys who comment on women's friendships, but also from <laughs> women, mostly women who comment on friendships with women that, you know, oh, women are catty. Oh, women are backstabbing. Oh, women gossip. And some women that I know have only been interested in like fostering friendships with men because they're worried about those stereotypes with other um, women. And so what does authentic friendship between women look like? And why do other women need women friends? Yeah, this is my favorite question, <laughs> I think. Um, I'll, like, I will admit, like, friendship with men is so easy. Like, they're just, most of them are so laid back, and yep. they just like to kind of chill. And I remember noticing this when I was in college, mm-hmm. and I would walk down the dorms, and all these women were, you know, some of them were getting along with their roommates, and some of them weren't, and some of them, it just depended on the hour. <laughs> yep. And then you'd walk down, like, the guys' hall, and they're all just hanging out with each other, playing video games, <laughs> get along just fine. Yep. Um, but I do think, so I think that this can happen. I do think that there are women, right, who are kind of catty, who mm-hmm. are don't have healthy re- friendships or yes. healthy relationships. However, um, the majority of women that I've encountered are not like that. Mm-hmm. And I do think it's a stereotype. Yep. All stereotypes exist for a reason. Mm-hmm. But we, we, we have, we as women have the power to change stereotypes yes. by creating a new norm, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. By creating new expectations for what friendships look like. And so this kind of goes back to what I said before, the treat others the way that you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. If you go in and you meet someone and you're treating them with respect and you're, you know, giving them, when they share something with you, like you're keeping it confidential mm-hmm. and, um, you know, things like things that you would expect from a friendship, if you are that to other people, like they will take your lead and yep. they will follow it. Yep. Um, most of us are wandering around in this world just looking for something to follow. Yep. <laughs> and so we will find, and we are drawn towards good things. Yes. And so people will follow your lead in that. And so authentic friendship between women is meant to be a relationship of support, of encouragement, mm-hmm. you know, challenging one another, right? Getting to that point of being able to call one another out on things. Yes. Um, redirecting one another towards the truth when we're hearing just like lies and starting to buy into the lies of the enemy mm-hmm. and insecurity breeds defensiveness. Yes. And this is where, again, it's important for us to know our identity. Um, that way we can be more comfortable being authentic. Um, and when other people see us being authentic, they have less, like they're less insecure mm-hmm. because they don't feel like they're trying to measure up to this perfect person who doesn't exist, yep. right? They're not living up to your mask. Yep. And so they are less likely to be defensive. And so from a natural level, like women, we're a little bit wired to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, we are, I was at a conference, the, the original given conference mm-hmm. that was in Washington, DC. One of the speakers, she said, She's talking about our gifts as women. Mm-hmm. And we have this really unique ability to notice people mm-hmm. and to receive them. Yep. And she's like, that's beautiful until you start to notice people and then you compare yourself to them. Yes. And we just, like the enemy takes our gifts and our feminine genius and he just, just ever so slightly twist takes us off path, right? Yep. So you're noticing how beautiful that woman is or how kind she is, or how generous she is, or how joyful she is. And Mm. instead of being like, wow, I'm so glad she's living out her gifts and like living out relationship with Jesus, you're like, I want that. And I don't like her because she has that, and I don't feel like I do. And all of a sudden, we're intimidated by her, and all it just is a downward spiral from there. And it's just, it's it's natural. I'm not going to say it's not natural. Like, it's just, it's what we do. And that's why it's really important to know, to recognize that and be able to like, 
put a stop to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say it's easy because I struggle with being envious and jealous of other people um, or being, you know, worried that like she's doing more than I am. She volunteers more than I do. Yep. Or she's more involved than I do. Or she has more close friendships than I do. Or <laughs> like, <laughs> no, nope, I'm right with you. <laughs> it's so Daily easy basis. to feel so like, just insecure in who you are, right? Yep. And where God has you in your life. Um, and it just, it can, it can be super stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, however, that's, it's important to look at that and to kind of step back from that situation and see where the lies are and see where the truth is. Yep. Uh, and so I really think what I, one thing I learned is that I, for, for me, for a long time, like friendships, I'm not necessarily that I had more guys that were friends, but I found those relationships to be easier mm-hmm. because I was comfortable addressing my own emotion. Mm. Um, there's something that comes up a lot more when I'm talking to my female friends, right? Yep. they're like, how do you feel about that? Or, yep. or it's just like, is natural that I get frustrated and then I would get scared because mm-hmm. I didn't like emotions and I still don't kind of. <laughs> and so once I got over that insecurity and that fear of people knowing me and of learning to getting to know myself, mm-hmm. uh, I got to experience the safety and the beauty of female relationships. Yeah. Uh, and I do think, so there's the Psalm or proverb or whatever it is about how mm-hmm. iron sharpens iron and mm-hmm. one man sharpens another. Yep. And I also heard this phrase once and it's the first thing that made me start thinking about how I wanted to make sure I cultivated female friendships in my life is mm-hmm. they said like, you can, a man cannot teach a woman how to be a woman yep. and a woman cannot teach a man how to be a man. Mm-hmm. Like men must learn how to become, or boys must learn how to become men from other men. Yep. And same thing with women. And so I do think that's so true. Like I feel like pop culture and sitcoms on TV play on this all the time, right? The single dad and yep. preteen daughter. And then all of a sudden he's all in a tizzy because he doesn't know how to deal with her and how to answer her <laughs> questions. And yep. I just think that's so true. We experience life so differently, mm-hmm. um, and that's really beautiful that we experience life differently, but it's yes. important to know and have other people in your corner mm-hmm. who are experiencing life the way that you are. Yeah, and I think it's a good balance, too. Like, it's not like, oh, women can only be friends with women, or men sure. can only be friends with men. I think there's yeah. just a beauty of, like, you know, that masculine-feminine complementarity where it's like, oh, I wouldn't have thought of that approach when I brought, mm-hmm. a, you know, a question to a guy or a friend or my husband. Yeah. And then on the women's side, it's like, oh, like, yep, thanks for, like, coming out at the same way or even, mm-hmm. like, getting to the same conclusion with me from a different, like, a vantage point. And so, yeah, I think yeah. there's definitely a beauty in that healthy balance, too, for sure. For sure. Or when I need to process, I talk to my women friends. Mm-hmm. And if I just need to, like, get an answer, usually, you know, if I need something fixed. Fixed. Go to a guy. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, another uh, it was a saint quote from St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross that they used. It was one of the banners at the Given Forum. Mm-hmm. And it said, woman's soul is fashioned as a shelter in which other souls man fold. Yes. And I think that this is one of the things that I saw most clearly from my experience in sisterhood mm-hmm. um, was like being fr- these friendships with other women give you space in which to become like who you are meant to be. Yep. Right. There's kind of just mm-hmm. this like patience and this safe space and this gentleness and this mm-hmm. warmth that I I don't think I ex- I don't experience in the same way with my guy friends. Yep. Some of them have great insight into my life mm-hmm. and I wouldn't trade my friendship with them for anything. Mm-hmm. But there's just something very special and very unique about 
um, my female friendships. For yeah, sure. that's so beautiful. Well, it's like that spiritual maternity. Like yeah. that's what they're called to, and it's different than definitely what guys do. But definitely that that nurturing and like like you said, like that space to unfold, that space to grow, which is so beautiful. I think there's something beautiful too in like the comparison aspect. Like this is something that has definitely helped me is like that Marian example. Like, okay, Mama Mary, like how would you love this woman? And how, well, like my tendency for sure is to pride and to comparison. Mary's is to like absolute humility and just like Mm -hmm. living quietly and like pondering in her heart the beauty of like what God has called her specifically to do. So I had brought that to spiritual direction oh, probably midway through college. And he's like, all right, like when you feel that way, you just need to start praying the litany of humility. I'm like, oh gosh, dang it. Which is like the most like (laughs) heart-wrenching, like this hurts physically to pray um, prayer. And where that line that always gets me is like, Lord, that like others may be, you know, loved more than me so long Mm -hmm. as I know that I'm loved by like by you enough to mm-hmm. be who I am and what you're calling me to do. Yeah. It's like, gosh, dang it. Like I'm so awful <laughs> at failing at that, but it's so true. Oh yeah. It's so, it's humbling, yep. right? When you experience those feelings of envy, it's, it's humbling to recognize the fact that we aren't owed anything exactly. and everything we have is a gift from God. And mm-hmm. you know, like we're lucky to have, whatever gifts and abilities and that we do mm-hmm. and yeah it's it comes sometimes it's a little bit a little bit of slap in the face sometimes. right <laughs> <laughs> i totally put agree things in the perspective for yep. sure yep um, but i also think it's important for us to remember that our perception of situations is usually so skewed yes and, and um i've heard for my entire life you know like don't make assumptions because of so many reasons, Mm -hmm. but I learned that assumptions can be actually really damaging Mm -hmm. and really hurtful to yourself. Yes. Um, particularly from judging other people's level of like depth of relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, this is something I wanted to talk about really quick just Mm -hmm. because when thinking about friendships, like it's easy to start comparing, do I have enough female friendships? Yep. Am I balancing that out with some male friendships? Like, I have friends who are all worried, you know, some are worried because they're not friends with any women. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you're friends with, you're sitting in a room with 10 of us and you just told us this. <laughs> yeah. We're friends with We're, we're friends. <laughs> or, you know, vice versa. They don't feel like they have any guy friends. Yep. Like, well, what about these four guys we just had a game night with? Yeah. Um, kind of your friends. But also, I think, I know there's a lot of people and they're like, well, you're best friends with this person. And I look at them and I'm like, I've talked to that person twice in my life. Yep. Right. But they saw me talking to them somewhere and... I see this a lot in the Catholic young adult community, mm-hmm. though, which I, there's a beauty to it. And the fact that like when we greet each other, once we know who, once you like know someone's name, I feel like we greet each other as though we've been best friends. For yes. Very much and there's so. like, there's a beauty to that. And I love walking in a room and getting hugs from people and people being excited to see you. And I think there's a gift to that. And I think that a lot of us just need that affirmation. Yep. Um, however, I, I've learned from personal experience that it's easy to start judging that and mm-hmm. to think, oh my gosh. Clearly, these people are spending way more time, yep. out, you know, together, or they have such stronger relationships than I do. And social media fuels this as well. And oh see, my gosh! You know, yeah, pictures of people doing things and whatnot. And yeah. I just think it's important to put into perspective, um, and sometimes even just by looking at your own life, like what has happened in my own life that somebody else might perceive mm-hmm. in this way. And you know, if you need to put it into perspective, that's great. Or if you just need to remind yourself that God has me where I'm supposed to be. And if I don't feel like I have what I need as far as depth of relationship or whatever, um, you know, like taking a hard look at what are my obstacles? Am Mm -hmm. I not willing to open up 
am I, you know, do I struggle to even just like meet people or what is it? Yeah. And then going from, but I think not letting yourself get, it's just easy to get discouraged Yep. and distressed. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. We had um, this one saying that some friends from college and I would always tell each other, especially with social media, because it's awful sometimes. It's like you cannot, you can't compare, you know, your full length life to another person's highlight reel. Like you're seeing like the best of the best. You're seeing them, you know, put on, you know, maybe they're really struggling with something, but they come to an event and they saw their friend and their day got a lot better. Or maybe, you know, their life is really messy right now, but they saw something that made them smile and they put a really great picture up on Instagram. And like, that's, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's really easy too to like, think like, oh, you know, everyone has this everything else together. And I'm, I'm the one who's being discouraged and really struggling with friendships. But the reality is is that a lot of us do. Um, even those of us who look like we have it together and look like we have a lot of great female or friendships in general. So. Yeah, for sure. Or that you feel like, you know, what you're. here's my thing is particularly in my stage of life, people who think that you know what you're doing with your life, oh, psh, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or because they, they see you doing activities. So they're like, oh, she must have a plan for all this. <laughs> 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 haphazard chaotic <laughs> life schedule like ever but it's fine um but yeah just this perception I think it's the funniest thing when I see people who post pictures and then someone comments you look so happy mm-hmm. like who's gonna post a picture of them you look tired you know? and depressed yeah right <laughs> and someone commented that to me I had did an internship year in Illinois mm-hmm. and someone sent me a Facebook message and they're like you just look like you're having a blast and I mean, it wasn't a bad year, but it wasn't like the best year of my life yep. by any means. And I just thought it was funny. They judged by like, there were like four pictures of us uh. that got posted from different activities we were doing. Yep. And I just thought it was so interesting, like their perception and what they were, assumptions they were putting onto my life based on, you know, just a couple of things on social media. Yep. And I think that was where my awareness initially came from. That's such a good point. Yep. It's easy. So. It's easy to make those assumptions. Super, mm-hmm. super guilty of it myself. So something yeah. to definitely keep working at. For, For sure. sure. Um, this is something that I had kind of touched on in the beginning. And we've kind of talked about it. But maybe some more practical advice too. But how, as women, do we make friends with women, other women after college? When that yeah. is like yeah. that convenience factor is gone. Yeah. So what I loved about this question was that this is where, this is like how I peaked, right? Um, <laughs> was like, that's where I finally kind of started to bloom was after college. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to make another dating reference. <laughs> Go for it. Here. Um, do what you love, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes you just need to live your life and see who comes along with yep. you. Yep. Um, so I love sisterhood, however, and I love the Catholic young adult community in Kansas City and mm-hmm. so many things. But I was thinking about this, getting ready to talk to you um, mm-hmm. about this topic. I was thinking about who my closest friends are, and I met none of them directly through any City on a Hill, SPO, CCS. Mm-hmm. Like, none of those activities did I meet some of my closest friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really cool because I'm really involved in a lot of those organizations. Yeah. And so it was cool for me to see, like, the people I connected with I actually met elsewhere. That's awesome. Because I was wondering, I'm like, maybe I don't have good advice because maybe oh. I just got lucky and, you know, was in a very saturated area. Mm-mm. But I think do what you love. You know, if you like to volunteer or you have a heart for the elderly or for kids or for the environment, like, go find other people like that because those are going to be the people you connect with easiest Right, because you have kind of another point to um, connect on. Yep. But obviously, it's more important to connect on a deeper level mm-hmm. than that. So, so I think you know it's important to do that maybe in the in a context 
if you can, so if you love the environment or mm-hmm. you love the poor or whatever, but your Catholic faith is really important to you, like mm-hmm. go volunteer with Catholic Charities. Yep. Right? Where you kind of have like a couple, multiple points of interest with this same person. Yes. So one of my, so my current roommate, I met her um, through the Given Forum out in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And so we met through this conference and then kind of got to know each other from there. And then a couple of my other really good friends I met while we were helping out with a youth group yeah. here in town. Um, and we kind of laughed because we were all there and we were excited to be there for the high school kids. And one of the girls was new to town. And I remember she kind of, she's kind of embarrassed to say this, but she was like, I was really excited about this and I was hoping to really get to know the other like young adult leaders. Yeah. She's like, I kind of came here looking for friends. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I feel so selfish oh. doing that. And I was like, we're all here looking for friends, don't exactly. worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, but I think... Um, I feel like do what you love is super cliche, but it's true, right? Mm-hmm. Take, yep. Go to do the things that you're interested in, being involved in things, but also have your head up mm-hmm. and your heart open yep. at least a little bit, yeah. right? And I think in anything that you're doing, um, I think that head up, heart open a little bit is important because you don't know who you're going to encounter where, wherever you go. Mm-hmm. And I've never met anyone who wasn't open to a potential friendship. Exactly. Uh, you know, nobody's walking around saying, I've got plenty, like, sorry, like, doors are closed. You know, nobody can see you. <laughs> I don't need any more friends. Uh, and so, and you're not going to be best friends with everyone that you meet. Nope. But you don't know where you're going to meet those people. Mm-hmm. And even maybe, I think one time I had a friend who talked about different types of friendships. Mm-hmm. Like, a re- she's called it a reason, a season, or a lifetime. I like it. Uh, and I really liked that. Because there are certain people who kind of come and go in your life. Yep. Um, and there are some people who are here for a little bit longer, but then maybe it's harder to stay in touch with them or you just kind of fall out of touch and like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like there are certain friends who you will stay in touch with forever. Yep. Um, and there's some that you don't. And I think giving yourself permission that not every single one of my friendships has to look the same. Yes. Uh, and just because I have a deep relationship with these five people doesn't mean I talk to all of them every day. Mm -hmm. doesn't even necessarily mean that I share the same parts of my life with all of them. Um, and I think, so that's getting a little off topic of the after college thing. But, <laughs> still relevant. Um, still relevant. Yeah. But I just think sometimes we just need to relax a little bit. Yes. Just relax and be open yeah. um, and be intentional for sure. But, but yeah, so I think just going to do, like living your life and getting out of your comfort zone is for sure for sure a big part of making friends after college, right? Because you mm-hmm. don't have that convenience factor yep. of people you're going to class with or living in the dorms with or clubs are available mm-hmm. in different, you know, there's young professional organizations and there's meetup groups and there's a lot of different ways to meet people, but you have to put forth the effort. Yep. And I'm also an introvert, which most people don't know, mm-hmm. but I, so it takes a lot of, it takes a lot of work for me to like put myself out there. Yep. It takes a lot of work for me to walk into a room of people I don't know by myself. Mm-hmm. However, I do it on a regular basis because I've seen the fruits of it. Yep. And I'm like, I want that thing bad enough that I'm willing to like work through this pain. Yep. <laughs> put the effort for, you know, and I'm like, I'm going to exhaust myself, <laughs> but it's going to be worth it. Yes. And so I think, um, like it's just important to recognize that while making friends is a natural process, like it also requires work and yeah. it requires some effort on your, your end, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I also think has been kind of a theme of us chatting. Yep. Get out of your comfort zone. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, there's a lot of beauty that comes from that, that struggle through getting past that comfort zone and getting to know people authentically too, for sure. So yeah. It's, it's definitely in worth your, it. Or go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're good. Go for it. I was going to say, in your experience, um, have you found any other ways that you've really connected with people or that you kind of, I don't know, recommendations that you have for meeting people after college? Um, let's see. I think the main point that, that I always think about to myself and that you've already mentioned actually is that patience, like mm-hmm. realizing that you know, people that you meet the first day at work could be really good friends in mm-hmm. weeks or months, but right now they're going to be acquaintances that you know from work. Or mm-hmm. the women that you start out a Bible study with could be, you know, the women who become your 2 a.m. phone call if my life's falling mm-hmm. apart. But right now, I'm just getting to know their middle names. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that that's the hardest part for me too, because even though there is like an introvert level where I don't, I, meeting new people is not my strong point at all. But there, and there is a tendency for me to skip past all those stages and just want to be at that soul level with someone already mm-hmm. to get past that awkward phase. There has been a, <laughs> a constant reminder to just be like, all right, like if if it's worth if it's worth doing, it's worth enduring. And um, and to oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. That's a great quote. <laughs> <laughs> and just that, like, it, it'll take a while, and it's not an instant. Because I think that's my biggest problem too especially after college was just an expectation for the instant like and and it doesn't help that we live in a culture that is such an instant gratification culture where you know you can make friends on facebook in two minutes and you can heat up your microwave Mm -hmm. dinner and it's ready in you know four four minutes and all these different things that come you know so quick at you the authentic friendship and the friendship that's worth fighting for and worth getting through those uncomfortable stages for is friendship that takes time to build for sure so yeah, I think that's the one thing that I have to keep reminding myself of, for sure. For sure. I think my other... Oh, I had one more. I was like, I knew I had something else I wanted to say. <laughs> um, everyone's afraid... I had this experience like a year ago. Everyone's afraid to admit sometimes that you like want to... I don't know, to like have the ask, right? Like the DTR sometimes. Yes. I have this with one of my absolute best friends right now. We had like a DTR because she was... <laughs> I met her at youth group. She joined my sisterhood group. And I just thought I had like a major friend crush on her. I just wanted to be her friend. I thought she was pretty legit. Um, but I was kind of nervous. I was like, I don't know if she likes me or not. And we were, you know, mostly like, it was, this is so bad. We were like hanging out in groups. And I'm like, I really just kind of want to get to know you at a, like a personal level. And something came up after one of our sisterhood meetings one time. Mm-hmm. And she said, she said something. Like, I just really want to be your friend. And I was like, oh my gosh. I, I do too. <laughs> so cheesy no right? that's but awesome though huge teaching moment in my life and since then mm-hmm. and they gave me the courage with a couple other people to say like I really enjoy your friendship or mm-hmm. I really like being you know like I really love that we can talk about this yep. or you know like this you kind of fill this really important role in my life and mm-hmm. those are hard things to say yes. because putting yourself on the line for rejection um but it's always been fruitful right it's it takes that relationship just one step deeper usually and it kind of opens up a door of communication um because you're on the same level it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the elephant in the room you're not quite sure how the other person feels and for some reason like for myself and my roommate I remember we were working on a project together and I was really enjoying our friendship and both our lives were really busy, right? So we only saw each other every few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then when she brought up, like, hey, do, would you ever be interested in living together? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, she actually likes me. <laughs> like, this whole time. Because I'm like, I thought she was really cool. And But I was like, well, she's been kind of just stuck with me on this project. So if she decided she didn't like me, it kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, 
but I think we all have these places of insecurity and sometimes so much fruit can come from being bold enough to just say where you're at. Yep. Yep. That's so true. Yep. And most of the times it's like that other person is like, oh, like I was just, I was hoping that you'd say that, but I. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So that's where I think my message or my theme of the topic tonight is just like be bold. Yep. Um, Live boldly. And put yourself out there for sure. I love that. This kind of piggybacks too on that boldness is, especially in friendship, and this I think comes into play more when that friendship gets to that deeper stage, is when you have a friend who you're on the journey to heaven with and you see something that they're doing that they're not living up to the best version of themselves and it's fraternal correction, but more sisterly because it's obviously with women. But how do you call women out who and like with love um, mm-hmm. and give and then to receive tough love when people are seeing things in your life that you need to improve too. Sure. Yeah. So when this question makes me think of the quote, like people don't know, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. And so I would agree. Like this is something that comes maybe at those deeper stages of friendships when you shared a lot more with each other and you've kind of walked in life for a little bit longer. Um, and I think this kind of coming from a couple of counseling classes I took um, I think questions are really powerful. Yes. And so it can be really helpful. And I've just noticed in my own life experience, I think it's a good practice to follow to ask for permission. Mm-hmm. Uh, so before commenting on something that someone's doing or, you know, if they're complaining about something or, you know, they're oftentimes I feel like this comes up in my life anyway, when I have a friend who's frustrated with where they're at mm-hmm. uh, and I kind of want to say like, I think it's because of this, but you don't know how to call them out. Yep. And so I try to use some reflective listening, right? Like, Hey, I'm hearing you say that you're struggling with, you know, X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. Are you open to some feedback or to something that I'm seeing? Yep. Um, my first roommate in Kansas city is so good. She is so good at doing this. Um, she's always, and she's, she's taken a lot of counseling classes, which I think is why, but (laughs) she always will like kind of say like, this is what I'm hearing you say, kind of giving me an opportunity to, correct her. Yep. Like that's not actually what I'm saying. And then do you mind if I, you know, speak into that or like, I think mm. I have a perspective on this. I'd like to share, like, I are you open that. to that? I love and it. just by asking their permission, once they say like, yeah, I am open to that. Um, it just comes, it's like less aggressive, mm-hmm. right? You're not attacking them. You're trying to help. You're on the same team. You're trying to help them. Yes. Um, particularly you're seeing like a point of pain. And so even if this maybe doesn't come up in conversation, I feel like typically you see this, somebody's going to be in pain, right? If they're not, if they're kind of getting off path, yep. um, maybe not living their life the way they should be, it's going to affect them negatively. Yeah, that's a really good uh, point. And so I think, yeah, I just think asking for that permission mm-hmm. and whatever form that looks like, or, you know, even just, I don't know. I don't know. It kind of, it just, it'll depend a little bit on the situation yep. based on you know, what they've shared. Yeah, um, and who they are. But typically, I just think the most important thing is to not attack, mm-hmm. uh, to not be aggressive, right? You want to yep. be warm. You want to be on their team. Mm-hmm. Like, you're there to help them, not to fix them. I like that a lot. Yeah. Yep. And, and sometimes, too, like, I don't do I do not do well with this. <laughs> I have a hard time with other people calling me out and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have a couple friends who are really good at um, sort of just making me call myself out on things. Yep. <laughs> by saying, you know, is that is this, is this decision you made or the, what you're doing here, like, is that consistent with what you've been hearing in prayer? Mm. You know, is this consistent with the path God has you That's on? That's really good. Um, are you comfortable with, you know, how this relationship is going or how this, you know, project or whatever is going? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I think, 
Yeah. So just kind of, they kind of make me think about, is this how I'm supposed to be doing it? Um, does this make sense? Is it consistent? I like that uh, a lot. Yeah. But I just think, yeah, the most important thing is just making sure that they know that you're on their side, kind of you're, you're still in their corner. It's coming from a place of love and not judgment. Yes. Mm. When women are opening up to each other in those conversations where it's like, hey, I've noticed that, you know, I'm speaking into something that you've allowed me into with permission mm. and they're opening up to something that's deeper and some things that need healing as a friend and as a woman, how do we help women heal from those wounds, whether they're, you know, wounds from college or from back from their family of origin or from their college environment and how do we like help them out through those? I mean, granted, that's going to be situational, but in broad mm-hmm. terms. Yeah, I think on like the biggest thing is being supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like that unconditional support and love, mm-hmm. right? So there are going to be some things that um, maybe that we can help with, but I think a lot of times, particularly with wounds, mm-hmm. um, that's not something that I can fix yep. or that I can help you with. Um, so maybe helping them find a resource, yes. depending on what that looks, what that wound looks like. Um, helping them find someone else, whether it's a spiritual director to talk to, whether it's you know actual uh, like particular resource for a specific type of you know, healing that Mm -hmm. they need, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's just being there to either hold them accountable for something or, um, to, you know, if it's, if they struggle with an addiction or something like that, Mm -hmm. to be an accountability buddy. But I think the biggest thing is to know that like you love them and you support them and you want them to continue to share where they're at on their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think just like the biggest thing with wounds is that it's hard to share them. Yep. And it's hard to, um, it's usually one of those, it's something that usually makes us feel isolated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so being able to, when you, when someone opens up to you about that, um, that nothing, like nothing should change hopefully in your relationship, you know, like that yep. person is still your friend. <laughs> I love it. Um, and yep. you want to help them get better. And so kind of just doing whatever, whatever it takes, I guess. Yeah. Um, but to know that that might mean just a supportive role. Yep. Um, and that's the hardest thing for me. I have I have sometimes a man's brain when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like I want to fix it. Fix it. Yep. Um, I don't like sitting around talking about stuff forever. Like let's fix it. And sometimes healing comes from just chatting it out. Yep. Um, yep. And figuring out why you feel this way or why this is affecting you this way. Exactly. And, um, you know, some people are, I have several friends who are external processors Yep. and all they want to do is talk about it. <laughs> and usually I'm sitting there like, there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> um, and they leave the conversation and they were like, that was the best conversation ever. Like, thank you so much. And I'm just sitting there. <laughs> I felt helpless for the last hour and a half. Like, Great. You like, glad you feel good now. Yep. So, Thanks Lori, uh, for working through yeah, me. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? That's kind of a tougher question. No, I think that's really good. I think like the the main part too is like realizing that um, you have to be humble sometimes and and being able to point them to a resource. Like there's been a, a couple situations where I'm like, I really want to help you, but I think this would be something like, have you thought about bringing this up in spiritual direction? Have you thought about bringing this up in counseling? And being, and sometimes having to admit that like, like you said, like I don't have the answers. I don't, I can't fix this for you. And thanks for opening up to me and I'm going to be here for you, but I can't yeah. fix it. Um, especially when they're in the situation where you ask them like, all right, is this like a fixed problem or is this like a chat about problem and like define that and put a name to it. And then if it is a fixed problem, realizing that you just may be the step stepping stone on the way to that fix the fixing solution. You may not Mm -hmm. be, 
you may not you just be part of the solution, not the end. And that's hard too, especially for me, like struggling with pride where it's like, I want to fix it. I want to be the one friend who they come to and I can completely turn their life around and completely, you yeah. know, speak truth into the situation. And, and sometimes it's like, I can't help you, but I'm, I'm here for you. But here's another resource. So I think that's a really, yeah. really good point. That, that humility too, for sure. I love that. The idea of asking someone, do you just want to talk this yes. out or do you, do you want a suggestion? Yes. And that's, I think that's beautiful. I'm going to start using that because sometimes it. I don't know what to do. <laughs> right? Like I want to fix it, but I don't, can't tell if they want me, you know, like, or yep. I have a suggestion and that's where it too, we go back to like asking permission. Yep. Do you yep. want, do you want me to comment on this or not? Yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Which is so great. Yeah. I found that it works really well. Joseph, my husband, use it for, for conversations like, all right, fix it or, or hear it out. And I love it. And it's just been so beautiful for my female friendships too. Cause it's yeah. like, it's like a mini DTR. It's like, all right, where can I help you at right now? Where can right. I be a good friend to you for sure? So, yeah. What yeah. do you need from this moment? Exactly. Absolutely. How can I be oh, here for awesome. you? So these last two quick questions are, well, yeah. are, go completely off the beaten path and <laughs> do not flow well together. So I'll just jump right into them. The first is, how do you have any practical tips for maintaining long distance friendships for women who are in those transition phases and their friends are cities away? Yeah, um, I'm a huge fan of snail mail. Yes. I think it's super fun to receive. I think it can be super therapeutic to write mm-hmm. and relaxing to write. Um, it's a great way to stay in touch on your own time, right? So when you move to a new city, you're on a, a kind of a new schedule and your friends are on there. You're, I just feel like schedules don't mesh. Yep, well true. Um, so I think it's a great way to kind of stay in touch and stay up to date on each other's lives. I love that. Um, kind of on your own time. And email works similarly. I just love snail mail. Yes. Um, I really like to use my time driving in the car or when I go for a walk to call friends and catch up. So I'm kind of multitasking yep. um, a little bit at that point. I also think it's important to recognize like your friendships will probably change yes. to a certain extent when you move. And that's important for two reasons. So one is to be okay with that friendship changing and that relationship being probably not necessarily less close, but it's going to be less frequent contact most likely. Mm-hmm. Um, but also you need to open yourself up to new friendships. Yes, And that's hard to do if you're holding on to the the old ones, mm-hmm. um, so tight that you just don't even look around for new friends in your new areas. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like we said before, where everyone, every relationship is different. I think sometimes your relationships change, mm-hmm. um, based on where you're living or where they're living, or even, I mean, if your friends start dating someone, yeah. or gets married or has a baby or mm-hmm. gets a new job, like <laughs> that relationship changes yes. and that's okay. Yes. And just because you went from talking to that person, maybe every day, to once a week or twice a month or less than that mm-hmm. uh, doesn't mean that next time you talk to them you don't still have that same level of depth exactly right? yeah just because you're not up to date on the day-to-day mundane things of their life doesn't mean that you're not they're not still a great friend to you and that they can't still be you know someone who supports you and that you can confide in mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so I think maybe identifying what I guess Sometimes it's good to look at your friendships and kind of identify a little bit like how much work you want to put into maintaining that contact or how frequent contact is important or how Mm -hmm. important the frequency of that contact is. But also maybe just letting, seeing how it plays out. Yeah. Um, Like there are certain people who I didn't necessarily expect to stay in touch with, but we just, we do. Yep. Um, And there are other people who I thought I would have been best friends for life with and we don't really stay in touch. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And 
So just, and being, you know, there's a little bit of intentionality involved, but also just kind of being open to where you go. Yep. That's so true. I like it. Those are really practical too. I love that snail mail. I'm old fashioned enough that I love that idea. We don't do that enough. And it just, it increases that intentionality because it's not just Mm -hmm. like a, oh, a quick text, like, how are you doing? Like, if you're going to sit down and write them, you're going to write them a letter and it's going to be intentional or a card or you're going to pick up something that looks like them when it reminds you Mm -hmm. of them. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's beautiful. And who doesn't love getting mail? Yes. Yes, and it's so much more joyful than being like, oh, another bill. Oh, here's another bill. (laughs) At least you get some joyful things to go along with it. Absolutely. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay, this last question to wrap it up is, how have feminine friendships helped you personally live out the feminine genius in your life? Sure. Um, so a couple of different ways. They, my, oh gosh, I have such amazing women in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I just feel like they're such good examples to me. Mm-hmm. They're all so different and they all live out authentic femininity in their own awesome way. Um, and so it's cool for me to see that demonstration of like being being a holy woman doesn't look a cookie cutter way. Yes. Um, it's like that's really, it encourages me to be who I was created to be because I feel like I have a very diverse group of women who mm-hmm. I all have a lot of respect for and who are all striving to live out their life as they were created to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also are super encouraging to me. So it's, it's easy. The enemy attacks and the culture that we live in is hard and it's super counterintuitive to live life the way we're called to in our culture and so I get tired sometimes Mm -hmm. and or sometimes like I get tired or sometimes I was just telling a friend the other day I'm like I'm just starting I'm feeling the pull between what I know is right and what just seems easy because everyone else is doing it yep super strong right now and I'm like I'm just really like I know the right thing to do but I'm just I'm tired Mm -hmm. and so to hear someone else encourage you in that or encourage like this is you know, this is a gift that you have as a woman. And I know you're struggling with having all these emotions, but like they're actually really beautiful. Yes. Um, and encouraging you to, to just like take a different perspective on things. And so um, I think just that kind of like we talked about before, the gifts of the friendship really help me become who I'm meant to be, which is someone who's living out the feminine genius, you know, because as a woman, um, that's who I was created to live out the gifts Um Number one, that God gave me personally, but also, like, as a woman, you know, I'm sure, like, that's what this whole podcast is about, right? Yep. This feminist genius and living that out. And um, we know that there's some very just specific ways um, that we can be blessings to the earth based on just being women. So to be encouraged by those friendships and, like I said, supported, um, I think is really important. I love it. That's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for your time this, this evening. Thank you so much for the work that you do through city on a hill and with sisterhood and all the the beautiful friendships that you help coordinate through that um and just letting god work through you as a channel and yeah for your wisdom here in women friendship this is going to be a podcast that i've loved listening to as it's created but also one that i'll just (laughs) continue to go back and learn from so thank you so much well thank you so much for asking me to chat with you about this Mm -hmm. i loved kind of looking through the questions Mm -hmm. and love kind of reflecting on my experience and where God has brought me. Um, so I just really appreciate that opportunity and um, love what you're doing with all your writing and oh, your podcasting. You. And it's been really exciting to have you in Kansas City and I oh. look forward to getting to know you better. Yes, <laughs> for sure. Definitely. <laughs> 
Thanks for listening. A lot of the topics that Katrina and I talked about were suggestions from the women in my life, so I want to give a shout out to the women in my sisterhood group here in Kansas City, as well as Mary Kadibi, who I interviewed in the episode, A Letter to the Woman Who Wants to Share Jesus, the women that I've met through the Catholic Campus Center at Washburn University, like Avery Ozier, Haley Wynn, and Emily Vitt, and my little sister Maddie, for all their great questions and topics that they asked us to discuss. This podcast is by far one of my favorite projects to create, but I need your help. Check out my new Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash letters to women to support the podcast and help continue to make it even better. You can find the show notes for today's episode on oldfashionedgirlblog.com and there you'll find all the resources that Katrina and I talked about in this episode. If you have a little bit of time, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on iTunes. The more rates and reviews we have, the easier it is for other listeners to find. And that's all I have for this time. And so until next episode, be not afraid.